something wicked is coming from the monster stronghold of Grundigov. Where is it going? Will Carhoon and Octavia get to Montagnon before disaster strikes? And what was up with those flying things from a few episodes ago? Welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. Welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar Druid, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I am Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. If you like what you hear in the next hour or so, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. The best way for us to grow is by sharing us with your friends, so please do just that. We also want to thank everyone who's already left us a review. Specifically, we want to give a shout out to Kendra of the Dungeon Dumplings podcast and to Dr. P. The whole Dungeon Dumplings crew and show is amazing, and Dr. P has been our OG fan since day one. So thank you both, and make sure you check out Dungeon Dumplings if you haven't already. Finally, we want to let y'all know that we're still running our giveaway, but it will be closing out in the next week or so. Head on over to Twitter. Our handle is at Podcast for more information on how to enter to win an amazing set of Norse Foundry Metal Dice. Sorry, I don't have, I don't have anything for banter. I got new dice. I got new dice. Yeah, but you didn't need new dice. No, that is true. I did not really. I needed new dice. Yeah. That was very true. Shout out to Phantom in the Attic. I don't know if anyone's been keeping track, but I don't know how many natural ones I've rolled in the past nine episodes. Too many, if you ask me. So I got I got new ones. It's a translucent orange. Calling it orange crush, because that's what it reminds me of. It reminds so. me of construction vests. <laughs> I am sorry, but that's the first thing. I'm like, oh, construction. Aw, I like that. <laughs> but I like, I mean, construction is good. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I hope it, it brings me many, many crits. Mm-hmm. Fails, I hope. Nope. <laughs> you, you've already had your fair share of those. So. <laughs> Crit fails? Yes, I have. So, we we will see. I'm excited to... Let them loose um, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So here's to playing. Gotta get. To you, my love. Clink, juiced up. Clink. <sighs> and, and by juice, we mean wholesome milk. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're a family friendly podcast. Gotta get those strong bones and teeth. I was born on a dairy farm, so hearkening back to my roots. Roots? Roots. Roots, do you mean? Nope, I mean roots. Are you sure? I am positive. You don't mean roots? (laughs) I mean, yes, and also roots. Treasure. (laughs) Exactly. Over there by the creek. All right. All right. I, this is this is nice because after our last episode, we just threw up a bunch, like a bunch of pictures of big cats and mm-hmm. small cats and big cats acting like little cats, mm-hmm. like lions sitting in wheelbarrows mm-hmm. and tigers uh, snugging up to each other yeah. and little baby jaguars and baby panthers oh, and baby mountain lions because, oh my gosh, those things are so cute. I know. 
And then all the and little baby cats. mountain lion next to a baby skunk, oh, no. and then little baby palace cats. Oh, no. oh, and then it ended with it ended with a uh, a gif of a cat shooting lasers out of its eyes that is exploding pickles in like a weird <laughs> space grid yeah. that I saw on Twitter. Uh, some weird retro thing. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. So we we are back here. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you. All right, I am good. You are good? Yes, Are sir. you ready? I am ready, sir. Are you prepared now that you cannot see my face? Yes, sorry. You were, your beauty was distracting me. Your mortal coil was, Ugh. you know, distracting my mortal coil. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Hey! Anyways. When we last left off, you and your faithful companion, I say faithful with a question mark because he's only been with you for a few days. Very true. Had just fought your way through a tower filled with a vengeful spirit of a dwarf killed who knows how long ago. Mm -hmm. You ended its life, undeath, existence. And then marched on upstairs of the tower to take a nap. <laughs> and by nap, I mean long rest. <laughs> and the top of the tower, it's a, it's, it was a lookout tower overlooking the plains and the mountains to the east of Grundikov that has long since fell into disuse, probably since that city fell to the monster army about, what, 12 years ago. You awoke to a bright sunny morning. The birds were chirping. The morning dew was glistening. <laughs> Just trying to think of other morning things. Anyway, you felt a rumbling coming from the east, and you looked and you saw a shadow marching across the land. And that's where we ended. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I was reminiscing about how much the shadow looked like when Octavia had first seen uh, the monster army descending from the mountains 15 years ago when she was just a kid getting the um, mushrooms for her papa. Indeed. But you were on a mission far more important than fetching dusk shrooms. Well, I was helping I was helping one of the main clerics, so that's pretty important. That, that is pretty important, but uh, you're not sure the fate of something greater may rest upon your shoulders now. Mm-hmm. So... It is morning. You and Carhoon have just spotted this mass sweeping down from the east. Mm-hmm. What what is what is going through uh, your mind right now? Let I, me ask that. I guess I am curious to, to know what it is exactly that I am seeing. So I am in this on the top of this tower, kind of a, a covered Correct. tower. Mm-hmm. Looking towards the east, so I'm looking towards Grundikov. Mm-hmm. Looking towards Absalon's tail. Is the shadow coming out of Grundikov, or is it literally descending from the mountains? It is coming down the road. Okay, so it's coming down the road. So it, it seems as though it's more down the road. You know, kind of like a big old army. Probably marching towards Stagpine, question mark? Question mark, indeed. Is that Sweeping s- in from the east, 
you begin to make out that it is indeed another monstrous mm. army mm-hmm. marching east, presumably from the monster stronghold of Grundikov. Okay. Okay. What? After, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, are you and Carhoon doing anything, or are you going to stay where you are? Oh, <laughs> um, uh, how, how long would it take for the army to get to the tower? Can I estimate? Is it like, you know, a half day's march? Is it a day's march? An hour? They are going to be there relatively soon. Okay. Um, would I know, uh, because of my knowledge of the geography of Moir, how long it would take the army to get to Stagpine? Several days. Several days. Okay. Mm. Okay. Are you staying in the tower or are you going to do something else? We are most likely going to stay in the tower because it's just two of us and we can't do anything against an army with just the two of us. You don't want to just go out in the middle of the road and challenge them? (laughs) I mean, I could pull a like unarmed combat with their head honcho, but, uh, just it would not be great. I don't think that would be the wisest might, strategy. Well. Um, I would know. I would die very heroically, and that would be maybe the end their of Octavia. Is, maybe their a leader gnome? is just like a goblin. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not insinuating that gnomes are are monsters in any way, shape, or form. I love gnomes. Um, gnomes are people too. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, Octavia and Carhoon will probably stay at the top of this tower and observe as the army goes by, but they're going to try to avoid detection. Seems like a wise decision. <laughs> yeah. The army marches ever closer after several long minutes, and you don't have a watch, so you're not entirely sure exactly how much time has passed, mm-hmm. but... A decent amount of time. After a while, it marches into view and your fears are confirmed and you can begin to make out that it is, in fact, an army. Marching out from the east, you begin to see red banners painted with an emblem. And as it gets closer and closer, you can see that emblem looks like a drop of liquid with wings of fire sprouting out from either side of it. Oh, wow. These emblems are hoisted in view, and you can see that they are being carried by various members of the ranks of this army, and you can begin to make out the details of the occupants of it as it makes its way down the road, beginning to pass by the tower that you and Carhoon are hunkered down in. The army is very large. Mm. (laughs) It takes uh, uh, many minutes for it to fully pass by Mm. you like a parade of... Orcs in battle garb, followed by uh, battalions of goblins and ranks of ogres and giants. You spot a couple odds and ends in there, maybe some minotaurs like the skeleton you fought in the bottom of this tower Mm -hmm. and some other monsters who you may not have encountered before as they march down, some carrying banners, some carrying spears and swords and axes and hammers, rank and file. A big military procession down this road. Do they seem organized, like, like yes, marching very organized, like in ranks type of thing? Or okay, yes, okay. Are the different 
groups of monsters scat like integrated or is it like here you have your group of giants here you have your group of minotaurs or are they all kind of they're still relatively separated okay so you've got sort of like along with like marching uh together okay so kind of different contingents but still operating as a whole yes okay as it continues its trek down the road you become aware of more than just foot soldiers. Oh. Overhead, oh my God. you see winged flying creatures mounted with hulking figures that you can barely make out high above you, casting long shadows over the ground. Now, I will note that these creatures are different than those that you saw pursuing you okay. in the sky. That was going to be my... <laughs> you knew yes, I was going to ask that. Those that were pursuing you were relatively and distinctly avian, mm-hmm. aviary, it's bird-like. Like These yeah. seem more of a reptilian Ooh. type of creature. Okay. And, and, and they're being ridden. Yes. So it, kinda, so it seems like there's a humanoid on them. Yes, some sort of other creature riding mounted atop this flying cavalry. Well, that is terrifying. <laughs> Indeed. Oh my gosh. Okay. The army continues lumbering past, and eventually, after waiting, you're not entirely sure how much time has mm-hmm. passed in you know, this this anxious state. Carhoon's sort of sweating and and looks relatively, you know, concerned. <laughs> yeah. As they pass by, leaving a cloud of dust behind them. They continue marching, and and the rumbling begins to fade as they make their way towards the west, past you, off into the distance of the plains. After a bit, it appears safe for you to emerge and continue making your way. What do you do? Octavia will turn to Carhoon and say, It was fortuitous that we came upon this tower when we did. Though the safety that we found here on the upper floors was potentially mitigated by the uh, combat down below, um, but we must hurry up north, or if we have any manner of sending word to Stagpine, but we we must hurry. I don't think Moir has long before it could fall. I agree. They seem to be making their way from Grundukov. Such an army has not been mustered in... Many, many years. This seems an ill tiding for all of us. And we must, we must get to Montagnon with all haste. I do not possess any means to warn the other cities to the west of what may be coming towards them. As you know, I was not as gifted in the arcane as some of my kind. But you, you seem, that seems more up your alley than mine. Octavia nods and promptly says, let me take one second and consult my spell sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikesy bikesy. My love, do you have the PHB with you? I do. Can you look Did up? Did you like it? Uh, I'm, I maybe should grab it. I'm curious as to the rules of switching out spells with a druid. Spell casting. Preparing and casting spells. You can change your list of prepared spells when you finish a long rest. So. So I could change it right now. Right. So, yeah, I'll say before this um, army was coming, you would have had a chance to swap out your spells. Oh, before the army, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, if you don't have a spell particularly prepared for this situation, I don't want to tell you what to do. 
but is there like um can you communicate with animals? That was ex- could you like send a pigeon or something? That's what I was looking at. So I I have speak with animals prepared already, except the duration is only ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So I could you know find a bird and write a letter and attach it to its leg or something and send it to go towards Stagpine. But after flying for ten minutes, it would be like. Beetles, let me go get some worms. You know, it wouldn't um, still be subject to this spell. Unless I'm, I, I think I might be thinking of rangers are the ones who can communicate simple ideas to yeah. animals, correct? Okay. I mean, I could maybe cast speak with animals at a second, at a higher level spell slot. To, it is a, so it's a first level spell. Maybe mm-hmm. if I cast it at a higher level spell slot, it could. Um, do more uh, oh wait i could yes i have animal messenger which i could Ooh. prepare Ooh, okay oh. read read tell me about animal messenger yes sir all right animal messenger is a second level enchantment and it lasts for 24 hours by means of this spell, I use an animal to deliver a message. Choose a tiny beast I can see within range, such as a squirrel, a blue jay, or a bat. I specify a location which I must have visited and a recipient who matches a general description, such as a man or woman dressed in the uniform of the town guard, or a red-haired dwarf wearing a pointed hat. You also speak a <laughs> message of up to 25 words. The target beast travels for the duration of the spell towards a specified location, covering about 50 miles per 24 hours for a flying messenger or 25 miles for other animals. When the messenger arrives, it delivers my message to the creature that I have described. Replicating the sound of my voice, which is terrifying... The messenger speaks only to a creature matching the description I have given. If the messenger doesn't reach its destination before the spell ends, the message is lost, and the beast makes its way back to where you cast this spell. So, unfortunately... How long does it last? It lasts 24 hours, but it specifically says... Mm. I specify a location which I must have visited. Ah. Would Octavia have ever been to Stagpine? You tell me, but it doesn't sound like she would It would've. doesn't seem like Octavia would have ever been to Stagpine. Yeah. Okay, well. Well, regardless, um, so if she's able to change the spells that she had prepared, she is going to mm-hmm. switch, she's going to switch Barkskin out for Animal Messenger. Okay. And she is going to find, so we're in kind of a plains type of location, right? Correct. <laughs> I'm assuming there's some sort of robins or crows or something along those lines. Yeah, there's some there's some birds. Okay, so she is going to having switched out Barkskin for this animal messenger, she's going to uh climb onto the roof of this tower and sit there for a minute with the with the bread, with the portion of the ration in her hand and you know, kind of beckon, kind of subconsciously, just by essence of her being very, very still, um, for the birds mm-hmm. to come commune with her. All right. Yeah, a crow flits down. <laughs> <laughs> and she she greets it, and she says, hello. It begins pecking at the bread in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> she says, hello, dear friend. Um, <laughs> and she gives it a little, like, you know, scritch under its little jaw type of thing Ah. and she actually spends 10 minutes 
and casts Animal Messenger as a ritual as she Mm. is hanging out with this crow and just having a good old time. And then she is going to give it a message, and the recipient of this message will be Antony down in Lake Ansel, because even if uh, Octavia hasn't been to Stagpine and doesn't have a means of communicating with Stagpine, maybe the militia of Lake Ansel will have some wizards or some other sort of greater kind of magic users who would be able to warn Stagpine, you know, faster than Octavia would be able to. Mm-hmm. All right. So she. So you, you can cast to... that as a ritual? Yes, I cast this as a ritual. Perfect. So I have a message of 25 words. Um, and so she is going to, basically, she's going to say, Dear Antony, this is Octavia. I am well. Please warn the people of Stagpine that a army of monsters is descending upon them from Grundikov along the east-west road. ETA, five days. Does that seem about, cool. seem about like 25? <laughs> seems about like 25. Best, your sister, I love you. I'll try not to die. Please don't you try to die. <laughs> that might be more than 25. XO, 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 smiley face emoji, heart emoji, exclamation point. <laughs> Emojis don't count as words. So oh my I gosh! Could... So I could have <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, no. I can just send all the emojis. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> I love the idea of a crow landing next to your brother and just going smiley face, smiley face. <laughs> oh my gosh! In my voice though, which is just like mm-hmm, messed mm-hmm. up. Kind of creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So that that the duration of that is twenty four hours, and she will she will thank the crow, give it a wee kiss on the head, and say, um, "You contract bird flu." I <laughs> as soon as I said that I like was thinking oh she's just gonna give it a little kiss on the head I was like he's gonna say something about bird diseases and then he tried to take this like nice moment and be like you're sick now I know you too well <laughs> oh, I'm sorry so she kisses this crow on the head okay <laughs> and um you know wishes it safe flight and strong flight um down to Lake Ansel. It rubs its little head against your palm and then Aww. turns around and flutters away. Awesome. As it ascends into the sky, a bolt flies from the ground and pins it through the heart and it falls now. Wait, really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wouldn't put it past you. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Oh, no, and it, I also... it flutters off into the, into the south. Okay, perfect. And I've described what Antony looks like and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So, oh, what good. do I'm you so and Carhoon do? Um, well, after after setting the crow off, uh, Octavia clambers down off of the roof of the tower and um, trundles over to Carhoon and says, uh, "I have I have let Lake Ansel know that Stagpine is in imminent danger, and hopefully they'll be able to uh, alert Stagpine to to the army that's." <laughs> coming coming down the mountain and so when we should comes. <laughs> we should make our way north <laughs> as soon as possible i agree 
All right, so I think then the two of them will pack up, uh, descend the stairs down to um, the grisly scene that was in the lower room of the tower where with, mm-hmm. you know, the skeleton remains still kind of flopping around. Uh, oh, yeah, there are bones everywhere. Yeah. It's like all over the floor. You're walking across and it's you know, just the crunching. shards are just like crunching uh, under your foot like, like Die Hard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, gross. Except and you have sad, shoes on. And I have shoes on. Um, good to know I am now Bruce Willis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is can I cast my Octavia eyes? Octavia Bruce Willis Sinclair. <laughs> well, good to know that if we're ever making a movie out of this, we know who's playing Octavia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Me, my spouse, and a die. <laughs> Starring Bruce Willis as Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And just a bunch of explosions then. That's all that the trailer for this movie is, is a bunch of explosions and cars. Um, can Octavia... Ho, 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 now I have a longbow. <laughs> oh my gosh. yippee Kaye. yippee Kaye. <laughs> I wasn't going to use that quote since we're a clean podcast. But... Well, we... we... <laughs> Left just the yippee Kaye part. part. So, <laughs> um, can Octavia oh, cast man. her eyes around uh, the the lower portion? I don't know that spell. Oh my gosh, you're such a butt. You're in a mood today. <laughs> Octavia oh, will dart her eyes about this lower room to see if there's anything that she uh, or Carhoon might have missed on their way up. Um, just since it was dark when they arrived the evening before, and then they were being attacked by mm-hmm. a specter type of thing. You may roll a perception check. All right. Uh, Octavia rolls a 18. And okay. then can I, should a uh, uh, Carhoon roll? Yeah, okay. if both of you are looking. He just rolls a CX. You don't see anything of interest. It seems like there's a few barrels uh, on the, along the wall. There's a row of dusty old spears, but aside from that, that's about it. Do the barrels seem to be, like, holding anything interesting? Do they seem like mundane barrels? Yeah, they're okay. just... If you look in one, it's just, like, a barrel full of old, rotted foodstuffs. Oh, that's disgusting. Okay. Or maybe, like, a barrel of... Grain. Yeah. I don't know what they'd have in a watchtower. Yeah. Some sort of food. Okay. Salted meats. Yeah. Okay. Something for these guards to eat while they were, you know, away from the city. Makes sense. Okay. Um, well, Octavia will and Carhoon will exit the tower in at the doorway. Uh, Octavia will again turn around and sort of take a slight bow towards it and say, I hope you all have found have found rest finally. And close the door behind her. And then the two of us will just continue making our way north towards Montagnon. Excellent. You make your way north, you cross the road, and as you do, you can see the numerous footfalls Mm -hmm. and footprints of monsters, great and small. Hoof prints, footprints... Other types of prints. <laughs> I'm sweating where you were going with that. Yeah, I I got to footprints and then realized I couldn't think. <laughs> you could of have any said like prints. claw prints, paw prints, claw prints. I'm gonna cut out the rest of that. And it's claw prints and <laughs> other types of prints. <laughs> it sounds like a good rapper name. 
Other types of prints? Yeah, no, claw prints, but print, not prints. Claw prints. But prints. But like prints? Yeah. Mm. Claw prints. That would be what Octavia as a panther would be if she were a musician. If she, once she takes a level in Bard, that will be her alter ego. <laughs> oh my gosh, please do. <laughs> anyway, you cross this road and you continue making your way north. Mm-hmm. You keep walking. You walk for a while. You don't see too much else. There's not much wildlife in the plains, it seems. the They knew something was up as well. Mm-hmm. There's no bunnies stirring in the grass. There's a few lone birds flying overhead, but not too much to speak of in terms of other signs of life. After several hours of trudging through the morning, I roll... Another perception check. Okay. Both of you. Octavia rolls a... Oh, nice. 23. And Carhoon rolls a 13. With your 23, you hear off in the distance to your... The east of you. Mm-hmm. A familiar sound of the bellowing of an elk. Oh, so this is kind of that same sound that I had heard in the Indeed. sky. Okay. Indeed. Um, I communicate this to Carhoon, and then we look around to see if there is anything we could hide behind, under, and or on. It is the plains. There's right. not too much to hide behind as okay. of right now. Okay. You could make yourselves flat and just try to cover yourselves up with grass. You could try something else, but you would have to tell me. Okay. Well, um, that sounds kind of... Uh, how tall is the grass? Is it just like grass, grass height or more like prairie grass I mean, it's height? It's tall grass. Okay. Nobody's mowing this grass. Um, so I think we'll definitely both try to hide in the grasses. Oh. Okay, roll me a, trying to decide if I want this to be stealth or survival, because sort of like trying to hunker down in the long grass and gilly yourselves away. I'll say you can pick one or the other. Okay, Octavia is going to roll survival, and Carhoon will roll stealth. (laughs) Okay. All right, so Carhoon rolls <laughs> a 10, and Octavia rolls a oh, 19. 19 and 10. Okay, give me one moment. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's always bad when the DM takes a long time to roll dice. Oh, well, shoot. Okay. Uh... These orange crushes have uh, have served me well. Well, you oh dear. flatten yourselves against, <laughs> against the plains, hunker down in this tall grass and try to make as much of a hiding spot as you can for yourselves. But you get the feeling that you're not doing a great uh, job. And unfortunately, it's, it's nothing of your fault, necessarily. There's just no cover for mm-hmm, you here. Mm-hmm. And you hear the elk bellow again, or the bellowing of an elk again. And you hear another one. Oh, and they no. sound closer 
and closer, and you see two shadows sort of soaring across the land and two shapes above you that begin circling your position. And you believe you have been spotted. Oh, dear. Okay. What do you do? Oh. Will you... You're not sure exactly what it is. Okay. You can try to... I won't tell you. You can do do whatever you would do. So we're both we're both pretty confident that both of us have been spotted? Uh, yeah, you can sort of make out these shadows circling around you, and uh, these bellows are increasing in uh, volume and frequency. Okay. Um, I, uh, Octavia will definitely take a look up to see what exactly these creatures are. So, is that, would that be, like, a perception, or? You can roll a perception to see how much you can make out. Oh, that's not very good. Eight. Eight. You see two flying creatures (laughs) that appear to have something, uh, someone or something riding them. That are sort of spiraling downward toward you and you begin to make out uh some projectiles flying down towards you and Um, we are going to roll some initiatives okay oh my gosh all right so octavia rolls a 12 12 and carhoon rolls a natural 20 okay his uh what's the total 22. Okay. Since there's only two, I'm going to roll initiative for them individually. Oh, nice. So, it doesn't really matter. They are both going to go last. So, <laughs> alright. Okay, perfect. Carhoon is up first. He lifts his head from the grass and he sees these two things descending in a spiral towards him and hears the twang of bowstrings being loosed. What does he do? He is sure they are attacking him. All righty. He is going to stand up and in one live action, or not technically, but one in one live move, he is going to draw his longbow and he is going to shoot at the one furthest away with the assumption that it's within 600 slash 150 feet. Yes, they are within 150 feet. Okay. They are about, I'll, I'm going to say they're about 100 feet off the ground right now and descending. Okay. So that is a 14 to hit. 14 to hit. What are you targeting? I guess that's a good, so. There I is guess, a flying creature and something mounted on its back. He's probably going to aim at the flying creature. Okay. And what did you roll? Sorry. 14. 14 is a hit. Yes. All right. He does six piercing damage. Okay. An arrow hits it under the wing and it uh, squawks in pain, but it doesn't seem to have slowed it down too much. It is your turn. Carhoon stands, draws his bow, flings an arrow at this. What do you do? Alrighty. I'm going to ask you a question. So I'm going to ask you a question about Moonbeam. Would I okay. have to have Moonbeam touch the ground, or is there anything prohibiting me from just having it hover in the air? Read me the text of Moonbeam, but I'm going to assume it has to touch the ground. 
A silvery beam of pale light shines down in a five-foot radius, a 40-foot-high cylinder centered on a point within range, range being 120 feet. Until the spell ends, dim light fills the cylinder. When a creature enters a spell's area, blah, blah, blah. I can use an action to move the beam 60 feet in any direction. Rules as written, it doesn't seem like it, but to me right? it just sort of makes sense that you can't have a... Cylinder it feels like you're calling something down from the sky and it just sort of lands in two dimensions where you see. I don't think it makes sense to have a, a moonbeam that stops 100 feet off the ground. But it does say I can use an action to move it in any direction. <sighs> Let me Not prohibiting up. <laughs> up is the direction as far as I know <laughs> this is an interesting query Thank you. I will roll a roll smiley, the smiley face, face dice because I don't know how to roll it you got a smiley face Yay! so I will say <laughs> that it's like a beam that does hit the ground but maybe you can focus it on a certain point in three well, see, dimensions well see that's the thing it, it it, it's centered on a point within range, and my range is 120 feet. So mm. it could be 100, you know, 120 feet above me type of thing. Mm -hmm. So for her turn, Octavia is going to um, cast Moonbeam, and she is going to center it on the flying creature and its rider that was not hit by a carhoon. To clarify, both flying creatures have creatures riding them, correct? Correct. Okay. So, set number two, the set that was not hit by carhoon. Okay. What needs to happen? So, those... Well, it, it, it happens at the... Um, beginning of their turn, they won't be needing to make constitution saving throws. Okay. But they don't they don't have to do it on your turn? <sighs> um, I don't think so. Until a spell ends, dim light fills a cylinder. When a creature enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there. Okay. Alright. It must, must make the con saving throw. Okay, so we did it wrong the first time. Yeah, rereading it. Sorry ah, about that's that. fine. That's okay. I mean, there's literally, I mean, since I'm casting it literally on them, they're inevitably going to be starting their turn there anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. So that is what Octavia does, but she, and she, and she stands up as her move action. Alrighty. These two creatures begin, uh, continue, I should say, spiraling downward. They are... So they move down about 30 feet, and they move sort of laterally about 30 feet in a circle. Okay. So the first one, who is not in the moonbeam, the creature upon its back pulls back its bow and fires two shots at Carhoon. Ooh. First shot is a, ooh, 23 to hit. Oh, hot dang. Yeah, that hits. I'm gonna, just going to roll the second one and see if that... It's second yeah, shot is a... Whoop. That is a 13 to hit. That does not hit. Okay, so we got one hit, mm -hmm. which is five points of piercing damage. 
Oh, wow. These new dice are doing good for you, my love. And Carhoon's speed is reduced by 10 feet until the end of its next turn. The end of the next the Carhoon's creatures? next turn. Okay. Oh, wow. Is okay. So Carhoon can now move only, what, 20 feet? 20 feet, yeah. Perfect. So now that both Carhoon and I are standing up, can we, and these creatures have descended, can we, like, see a bit more what they are? Either both the flying creature and the creatures on the on their back. Yeah, roll roll a nature check to see if uh, roll a nature check to see about the flying ones. Since the two are on their back and directly above you, I'll have you roll a perception check to see if you know what that is okay. to see if you can make it out. Okay. So for nature, for the flying creatures, Octavia rolls mm-hmm. a seventeen. Okay. And then for the perception check for the creatures on their back, Octavia rolls. <laughs> <laughs> a natural one. Ooh. It's All like, right. oh, it's my siblings up there. Is that mom and dad? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can tell that you do recognize the flying creature. Your instincts okay. were correct. It is a periton. Yay! For those of you who don't know what a periton is, it is a bird-like creature, but it looks like a giant uh, eagle but it has the head of, like, an elk or a stag with giant pointed antlers and some sharp old fangs. So it's a pretty terrifying bird beast. With your natural one, you cannot tell exactly what is on its shoulder, but it looks vaguely humanoid, and you know it's shooting arrows at the two of you. So the one shot at Carhoon, the other one in the moonbeam, will make its whatever save. Constitution. Constitution. Okay. So the flying creature rolls a 18. The creature on its back rolls a 20. Wow. All right, Orange Crush. Okay. All right, boys. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Well, they both they both succeed, um, mm-hmm. so they both will take half damage. All righty. So let me roll that. So they both take four. I'm assuming... Ra- uh, Yes, they both take four radiant damage. Four radiant damage, all right. And uh, you said that they were, as they were descending, they're circling, so neither of them are in the moonbeam anymore, is that correct? Correct. They have flown about 30 feet outside of the moonbeam. What's the the radius of your moonbeam? It's only 10. Oh, it's a five foot radius, so 10 foot diameter. They move 25 feet outside of your moonbeam. Okay. By the way, if they're shapeshifters, they make that saving throw with disadvantage. <laughs> just if those creatures on the backs are shapeshifters. Not that I would know that, but just for your info. Okay. And the second one, who has not made its attack yet, is going to fire two arrows Uh-oh. at you. Oh, dear. So, the first, it's... Oh, yeah, orange no! crush. No! Ooh, 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 no! Ooh, ooh. No! No! Yes. Is that yes, what I think yes, it is? Yes, it is a natural 20. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. I like oh, last this is, episode this where is what I I've been waiting for. Oh, this is what I'm... Oh, finally. Man. All right. And the second attack... <gasps> ah, the second attack is a natural 22. Ah, oh. Are you freaking kidding me? Nope. Mm, double Are you crit, baby. freaking kidding me? Oh, my gosh. You're going to kill me. Octavia's gonna die! Oh man, oh my crush, babe! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Alright. So- <laughs> oh, well, 
I'm like, you should, I, I mean, I don't want to say bad things about me, like, purposefully make stuff harder for me, but like, I don't know. Two 20s in a row, you should do something crazy. I don't know, man. Well, we're gonna start off with some damage. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. So the first hit deals. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The first hit deals. Ooh. Oh no. 14 points of piercing damage. Oh my gosh. Your speed is reduced by 10 feet until the end of your next turn. And the second attack deals. Ooh. Dang, those are both pretty good rolls. Um, 13 points of piercing damage, and your speed is reduced by another 10 until the end of your next turn. How's, uh, how's Octavia feeling right now? I have to math. <laughs> well, she's do... two hit points. Woo, baby! Well, as I said, I do have some uh, homebrewed taken from a couple different sources and podged them together with my own ideas. Some homebrew rules on dropping to zero hit points. Uh, Holy cow. So, Holy if we get cow. to that point, I will inform you. Dang! Oh my gosh, but double twenty! That's insane! Double That's twenty, so baby! Cool. Oh my gosh! Man. Listeners, I apologize for all the times I've complained about my terrible rolls, because <laughs> this just made it all worth it. <laughs> almost, almost having me go down to zero, like in one hit. If you had rolled in one max round, damage, like amazing. Oh mm. my gosh! Again, I made a commitment to uh to not fudging the dice. Yeah. Yep. You know, I love this story. I love Octavia, but we we both sort of were like. I know you told me you, you like Octavia and you obviously don't want her to die, but for the sake of the game, yeah. Uh, because if you don't follow the rules, the game is meaningless, in yeah. my opinion. Some people may disagree with me, but you got to be impartial. As as Abed says, <laughs> I have to be impartial or the game has no meaning. So Yeah. No, it is really true. I, I, I do really love Octavia, and if and when she dies... Uh, Gwyneth as a human being uh, will cry. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it is true. It's kind of like when we rolled way back when to see if Antony had died in the 15 years. In, in the meantime, um, life is messy and not all heroes just get to magically make it to the end. We're not all Marvel movies. So, <laughs> like... I will be really sad and if, if and when she dies, but yeah, Asuna and I talked about it, and I think that's something that we want to be true to. We want to be true to true to the roles and true to true to the game. Mm-hmm. So that oh, just happened. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Was a fourteen and a thirteen, so twenty-seven points of damage. Yep. She has twenty-nine hit points. Ooh. Hope you prepared some healing spells. Here we go. Yeah. All right, it is Carhoon's oh, turn. Dog, <laughs> hot diggity dang. Did you get right. any? Uh, you? I said you had a healing potion when you left. I do. Canceled. Yeah, and um, being a uh, ASMR, I have innate some innate healing stuff. Ah, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so it is Carhoon's turn. He sees you take just like two arrows right to the chest, yeah, uh, and you're looking 
bad. What does he do? <gasps> um, he is going to. He has his longbow out still, and mm-hmm. he. These two it, are now about seventy feet off the ground. Just so okay. y'all knows. Um. He is going to look at the creature, the humanoid creature that was um, in the moonbeam, if Mm -hmm. that is something he'd be able to distinguish, and he is going to shoot at that humanoid creature with his longbow. Okay, roll another perception check. Oh. For Carhoon. uh, Carhoon? Okay. Oh, he rolls a 10? All right. Now that it's descended a little bit, Carhoon begins to make out the visage of a snarling six-foot-tall hyena man with a longbow on the top of this parrotin. Oh, my... You love gnolls so much? They are more gnolls. There was was more than one hunting party (laughs) sent out after you. Oh, my gosh. That is is terrifying. A gnoll on a parrotin? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think I described them when too much when when we first... I I have a bad habit of assuming everyone who listens to this is like intimately mm-hmm, aware mm-hmm. of Dungeons and Dragons and the monsters and the rules and stuff. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time explaining the rules, but gnolls are basically uh, demon hyena people. So they're like humanoid people with hyena heads that are just vicious, nasty, nasty creatures. And so these two hunters had been sent out on the backs of these periton mounts to try to hunt down and eliminate the escapees from Lake Ansel. So, Carhoon makes this out, and I'm sure he can shout, They're gnolls! They're gnolls! To you. What does he do? He uh, stretches out his longbow and aims in and looses an arrow and... 19 to hit. That is a hit. Yes! Okay, so uh, he hits the knoll that had been previously in the moonbeam and hits it for three piercing damage, I rolled The one that was minimum. in the moonbeam? Correct. I rolled minimum damage on that. Okay. Three points. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Carhoon does that. He His movement is reduced, but he can move if you would so choose. Or he can stay there. How close are we next to each Are we, like, next to each other? I will... I would imagine you're pretty close, within, like, yeah. five, ten feet, because you were traveling together. But I will leave that decision up to you. I don't really know where he would move to, so it's kind of like what's he, he plants do? his feet and knocks probably another arrow. Yeah. Which we come to you, you okay. just like your vision goes red and starts to blur on the edges as you feel your grasp on life slipping. What do you do? Oh my gosh! Is all I have to say. Give me uno momento. Oh my god. This is good stuff. <gasps> I'm I'm just like, do I wild shape? If I do, which one exactly do I wild shape into? Do I go for tanky and hit points over attacking? Do I go for the one who can deal most damage? Do I go for the one who's, you know, uh... Oh! Wait. Oh no. Oh no. Now that, that it's your like turn, I need you to roll a concentration check oh. on that moonbeam. Oh, shoot, you're right. Thank you. I, thank you. Okay, so concentration is... The DC for concentration equals 10 or half the damage you take, whichever number is higher. So half the damage you took, I guess you would need to make two separate checks. 
at DC oh, really? 10 each. Yeah. Okay. Because um, you took damage from two damage separate two attacks. Things. You took 14 and a 13, so that would be 7 and 6, okay. but DC 10 is higher, so... And this is... I'm sorry... Is this a constitution? Is this intel- wisdom? What is the... Constitution saving throw of 10 or higher is what you need. So you need to make two. Okay. All righty. Let's see. Constitution saving throw. I rolled a natural 10 on one. Okay, that's a pass. I rolled two natural 10s. <laughs> All righty. That's two passes. All right. Unless so... your con- constitution is minus one. <laughs> no, it is thankfully not. Oh my gosh, she would have she Beautiful. would be dead dead if her constitution were negative one right now. <laughs> I mean, not dead dead. She'd be, well, at, zero. be at zero. Yeah, perfect. Um, you pass. These arrows hit you, but you manage to uh, focus enough on maintaining the spell that it is still up there. So now you have a choice. Perfect. What do you do? Do you move the spell? Do you sprout wings and take the fight to them? Do you wild shape into an animal? What do you do? All right. Octavia steadies herself and looks defiantly at the monsters in the sky who have been tracking them since she left her home. And as an action, she is going to let loose from her back two incorporeal wings that illuminate the area. And as a bonus action... She is going to leap into the air, uh, flavor-wise, and (laughs) descending onto all fours, you are met with a large brown bear with the power of flight. Beautiful. Yeah! And she bellows in the sky! Because she's a bear. (laughs) She is a bear. Now, your movement has been reduced by 20 feet, but you do still have... because of each arrow? Yes, each one reduced you by 10. Okay. So, your movement is reduced, but you do still have some. So, what would... You still have a move action, so you could spring into flight if you would like okay. they're both about 70 feet up right now so does my is my so my move the movement being reduced by 20 um does that include my flying speed see this is again i'm it just says the target speed i would assume yeah you know what i'll say because it hit you while you were human it would be like your walking speed okay so what is your fly speed? My flying speed is 30. 30? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, you know I don't since think you I would... activated Since you did this after you were hit, I'll say your, your walking speed is still reduced, but yeah, you can have your full fly speed. That seems fair to me. Okay. So Octavia is going to bust up into the air. Okay. Just... Okay, so so paint me a teeny bit of a a bit more picture, because they are... So, let's say you are in the center of this circle. The circle is about 40 feet in diameter that these two uh, knolls on peritons are spiraling down. So, you are about 20 feet horizontally from either, and 70 feet vertically. Does that make sense? Yes. So, if it's possible... um, the bear Octavia 
is going to... Can she just fly 30 feet straight up? Absolutely. Okay. So she's going to fly 30 feet straight up so that she is still the same distance horizontally, but she is now only 50 feet lower than the Peritons. 50 feet lower. Okay. Well, you would be... uh... 40 feet because they're 70 feet now oh sorry yeah yeah okay so you go 30 feet straight into the air these wings sprouting from your back as you shapeshift into a massive brown bear (laughs) snarling (laughs) roaring as it ascends high into the sky yeah it is the gnoll's turn again one of them I'm going to say the one who has not been affected by the moonbeam continues spiraling downward. It moves another 30 feet down. Okay. So it's now about 40 feet off the ground, so it's very close to you, and it continues around in this spiral. It is going to lose two more arrows at Carhoon. Okay. The first roll is a 17. That's a hit. To hit. The second is a... Another 17, actually. Oh my gosh, okay. Hot dang. Orange crush, baby. Carhoon takes three piercing damage from the first attack and four piercing damage from the second attack. And okay. his speed is again reduced by 20 feet. So he's basically, he can't really no, move he's even if he wanted to. Okay. Uh, well, well the, the ones from previously, those wore off. They end at the end of his turn. Okay. So speed was reduced at the end of Carhoon's turn. It came back, but now it's reduced by 20 again. Okay. So that's the first one. The Ooh. second one is going to make a beeline toward you. Okay. Well, first, the knoll on its back is going to fire two arrows at Bear. Okay. Bear Tavia. The first is a 12 to hit. <laughs> that hits. Bear AC is low. Very and the low. second is a another 12. Wow. Okay. I rolled two natural eights, but they're not crits. So you take seven piercing damage from the first hit mm-hmm. and five from the second. Perfect. Are you still a bear? I'm still a bear. Okay. Now, because you now have wings, mm-hmm. your speed would be reduced by 20 feet total. But I'll... I feel like the best way to resolve that would be to split it halfway between each of your movement speeds. Like 10, So fly, you would 10. lose 10 on fly and 10 on ground. Fly, yeah. Fair to you? Fair to me. Perfect. All right, so your fly speed is reduced by 10. Your ground speed is reduced by 10. And then the periton flies... So it was 40 feet above you. It flies 40 feet down... And 20, okay, so it, it has ju- about just enough movement speed to fly directly to you. Okay. So, the Periton is going to make a dive attack against e- you. And it is going to attack with its antlers as it tries to gore you. The gore attack is a 10 total. Oh, thankfully... That does not hit. <laughs> Bears a miss. And then it uh, slashes out with its sharp talons. Okay. 
Do the chickens have large talons? <laughs> oh, I rolled another five. So that's another 10. So oh, those are two misses. Oh my gosh, thankfully. Yes, that misses. Two Ooh. 20s followed by two fives. All oh, right. Oh man. Well, yeah. So this periton flies down, attempts to jab you with its antlers and slash you with its claws, but it fails to make purchase against this giant bear. I'm just like big and blubbery and like full of fur. <laughs> okay. So that was the one that had been moonbeamed. Okay. But you had not moved the moonbeam previously. I have not, because it is an action to move the yes. moonbeam. So the moonbeam is still just sort of stationary, and they are Correct. just going to avoid it. Uh, yes. Avoid flying into it at this point. So we come back to the top of the round. Oh, actually, I did get damaged, so I guess I should roll concentration on the moonbeam. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So... I don't remember how much concentration. I'm sure 10, is, it would be DC 10. Yeah. And it is dispelled. Okay, your moonbeam. Ooh, your moonbeam shimmers and then flitters out of existence and just sort of dissipates, leaving nothing in its wake. Well, at least that makes my turns easier. I don't have to like decide as much. Like, am I gonna attack with my claws or am I gonna move the moonbeam? I guess that's you know one way for my decision to be made for me. That's true. So we come back to the top of the initiative round with Carhoon, who right. basically can't move. No. And there is, so the, the one Noel who's been focusing on him is about 40 feet off the ground and about 20 feet laterally away from him. Well, you said that is his his movement is reduced at the end of Carhoon's turn? It lasts until the end of Carhoon's turn. Lasts until, okay. So Carhoon's speed is reduced. When he finishes zero. this turn, it will cease to be reduced. And will it return to his full speed? Yes. Okay, perfect. So Carhoon being completely immobile will again um, raise his longbow towards the knoll on the back of the periton that they that you know has been targeting him, him and that he has been fighting with. Okay. For a. 16. 16 is a hit. Yes. All right. That is. Now, wait, is this the knoll that's. So he's previously targeted the knoll who was in the moonbeam, who is the one who is flying towards you right now. Oh. That is the one who has been damaged. The other one has not been damaged. Uh, what was the. Which was the knoll that just hit him? The, the uh, one the who non- has not been damaged. Uh, I guess he'll shoot at that one. Okay. That was what I was thinking. The one that he was retaliating against the one that had just shot him. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So that is, uh, seven piercing damage. Seven. Ooh, that's a good hit. An arrow impacts the noble's shoulder and it (laughs) hisses in pain. Mm. He did the null sound. Well, that was a Noel's hat. It's not a hyena laugh, <laughs> but it's close enough. Oh, it continues man. spiraling downward. If that is okay. all Carhoon does, yes. it comes to you. That's all he can you. do. All it right. you. Whew, Octavia Bear. Octavia Bear. So she is within melee with the Periton and Noel now, correct? Correct. And as far as I know, there are not rules for... Hovering or anything along those lines for flying speed? 
As far as I know, there's not. That's what I thought, because I, like, reread the PHB before we started the podcast, because I knew that I'd be flying a lot, and there's, like, surprisingly little about flying. Flying movement. Flying creatures enjoy many benefits of mobility, but if... If a flying creature is knocked prone, has a speed reduced to zero, or is otherwise deprived of the ability to move, the creature falls unless it has the ability to hover, or it is being held aloft by magic, such as the fly spell. That doesn't really help me. Right? What it sounds like to me is that I know there are some creatures that specifically have the hover, like the specter you fought last time. Specifically, its movement was hover. Okay. Uh, So it could just hover in place. I think... But so it also seems like a creature cover? with wings should be able to just sort of, like, flap and stay in, in place, right? Right. Because, I mean, like, the, the specter didn't have wings, and so, like, it had the incorporeal-ish type of ghosty ability to hover. Okay, so what I'm reading is that if you have the hover ability, you cannot basically fall. If you're okay. not prone, you would not fall. So I'm, I would imagine that creatures with wings, such as you and Periton, um, I don't know. Um, okay. I'm going to have to look this up. But okay. right now, so what, what do you want to do? Basically, I just want to attack the Periton and or the Knoll, m- melee-wise, as a bear. Yeah, I mean, you can absolutely do that. I just need to know if I need to fly in my turn to maintain my position type of thing. Man, that I don't know. Right? And nothing is providing a great explanation right okay. now. So I'm going to say I'm just going to allow it okay. right now until I learn otherwise. All right. Um. Well. So if we're wrong, let <laughs> us know. Yeah, actually do let us know because that will be very would be this very is, helpful to know. Yeah. Considering one of your abilities gives you wings, this would be good to know. Yeah. I'm sorry I don't know it right now. Oh, that's silly. So I'm just going to allow it. All right. But if you're knocked prone, you will fall. Or so, if your movement is reduced to zero, you will fall. Okay, sounds so. good. Um, so I am going to make two attacks. Is, am I considered in melee with both the Knoll and the Periton? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll say you can attack either one. Um, the Periton is medium. The Knoll is also medium. Yeah, so they're both basically in the same spot. Well, I'm also large, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to say you you could you could attack either one. Okay. I'm going to attack the Periton both times. Okay. This is the Periton that had been hit by the Moonbeam. Correct. Moonbeam okay. Periton. Um, sounds like a jazz So band. the Periton has only been hit by the Moonbeam once. Correct. For four hit points. And as far as then I know, then that Knoll has... Oh, it's been hit by the Moonbeam once. That Knoll has once. been hit twice. Okay. Uh, once by the Moonbeam and once by Carhoon, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, Bear Octavia goes to bite at that periton. You know, this is a giant bear. Not really giant, but, like, this large bear just opens its mm-hmm. maw and lets a big old bellow out, you know, with, the, like, the spittle flying off of its jaws type of thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. goes to nom down on this bird creature. Four, a, a nine to hit. Like, it's a periton, that's a miss. <laughs> I figured it is then also going to take its gigantic uh, paws, and with its claws, also going to roll at the periton for a 14. 14 is a hit. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, so, Bear Octavia 
hit with its claws and rolls eight slashing damage. Eight against the periton. Mm-hmm. You claw into it for a good hit, but you feel like your claws are not doing as much damage as they should. Ooh, okay. Against the periton. Okay, that's good to know. Now I know that tells you exactly what's happening. So I will ask, unless Wild Shaping makes your attacks magical? I don't think it does. I, I think, think that's a, I think I mean, you get a feature later on that makes I? them magical. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it should, because I am magically a bear, but... I, I am like 90% sure you get there's a specific druid feature that makes Wild Shaped attacks magic specifically for that. Uh, okay. Service. Are you looking that up, or are we just surmising? Yes, at sixth level, your attacks in beast form count as magical. Okay. So. Well. Okay. I don't so. know how magically in between now and then I become more magical as a creature that I can magically <laughs> turn into. But hey, that's semantics, right? I'm just a lawyer who You've wants to argue everything. You've turned into a mundane everything. bear. At sixth level, you will turn into a magical bear. <laughs> oh, I, my poor mundane brown bear. I love it. Um, so you feel like that's not doing a t- as much damage to okay. the periton as it should. All right, that's good to know. Uh, but it did, do, it did do some, but it, they're still both looking all right. All right. Well, I'm um, not going to really move. I mean, I'll flat. I'll use my move action to kind of flat my wings to maintain my, uh, you know, height above the ground. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure. going to move because I don't want to get an opportunity attack. Yes. All right, so the uh, the one knoll who is focused on Carhoon continues circling. Um, it's going to level off now that it's about 40 feet off the ground. doesn't okay. feel like it needs to get any closer for the time being. So it's just going to level off and continue flying in this circle centered around Carhoon. And it's going to make, the knoll is going to make two more bow attacks, longbow attacks. Okay. The first attack is a 15 to hit. That just hits. Oh, poor Carhoon. And the second attack is a natural one. Oh! So that is a miss. Oh, please tell me that it accidentally hits the periton and the periton's fly speed is reduced. Nope. Ah. <laughs> what can only hope? I mean, Ooh, I did roll max damage. No. So, so Carhoon takes ten points of piercing damage. <gasps> Carhoon at zero. Oh my! He is almost at zero. Not quite, but now Carhoon. Carhoon is subject to the same sort of. Uh, if he hits zero, he's not dead. He is uh, unconscious. Uh, so that one fires two arrows at Carhoon. One of them hits him pretty good. Okay. And the other one is going to... So the knoll atop the Periton's back is going to make two attacks against you. But since you are in melee range, it gets disadvantage. Yes. On both of these longbow attacks. So it rolls a... Oh. Oh. I roll a 16 and a 17. Oh, you're you're dumb. <laughs> Second attack. Uh, Well, if it rolls, hits a one on the floor, it counts. Uh, The second one is an 11 to hit. Oh, that just freaking hits. Oh my gosh, bear AC. Bear AC is worse. Well, I I swapped out bark skin to do animal messenger for earlier today so I could warn Stagpine. Um, If Stagpine doesn't fall and Octavia dies, y'all can thank Octavia. This is an intense fight. I know. I'm starting to not know what to do. 
which doesn't happen very often. Well, you do have a uh, a potion. I do, but I'm a bear. Healing spells. I can't cast any spells as a bear. This is true, and you do have another wild shape after this. I do. Yes. This is going to be a bit of a longer episode, but I like this, so we're just going to keep. All right. So, uh, the first is a. The first is not a great roll. That's a four piercing damage. And the second attack is a five. Yes, five piercing damage. Are you still a bear? I am still a bear. Whew. Grasping onto that bear. I am. Is my speed reduced? Your speed is reduced, yeah. So are we doing. Both of those were hits. Yes. So that's. uh, Yeah, ten to your fly, ten to your. Tend to your regular. But I also kind of recovered some of the previous stuff yes. that I had had yeah, happened so it's at just the end of my total. turn. Okay. Ten total. So five each. Yes. Okay. And the Periton. So it it flew down. It made those attacks as part of a flyby. So it's going to continue its movement and fly out of your melee range again but it has a feature where it does not provoke an opportunity attack when it flies out of an enemy's reach so it flies about 30 feet laterally and 30 feet vertically away from oh my gosh what is its fly speed 60 feet oh my gosh okay so that is what the periton does okay so you know now that this knoll, now that it's out of your melee range, is poised to make another good set of attacks against you. And but the Paritan is out of reach. Okay. To to hit you. So we come to the top of the round, Carhoon. Alright. So Carhoon's speed is back to normal, right? Yes. Okay. However, Everything is circling above him in the air. Still, yes. So right? the one is one is about forty feet above him. The other is about the other one's about seventy feet up. Okay. He's going to continue shooting with his longbow. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's been you know he's been damaged most by these knolls, and so he is going to try to attack the knoll that um, is lower is close the the knoll. Uh, Periton pair that's closer to the ground. He's going to shoot at that knoll. Okay, so the one who just attacked him. Correct, for a 15. Okay. 15 is a hit. Oh, thank goodness. For five piercing damage. Five piercing damage. Another solid hit. This knoll is not looking great, but it is still hanging ah! on. He's still got his long bow. I was really hoping that was going to take that guy down. Not yet. <sighs> So I will is say, there like any sort of cover he can take? Uh, is there anything? I mean, he's just literally standing there like a sitting duck. Like, yeah, I mean, you're you're sort of you're in the plains. There's not really oh my much to hide behind. Okay, actually, as uh, in this action, he's going to take second wind, and so he's going to um, regain some hit points. That is a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. and I didn't roll terribly, so he gets 11 hit points back. Whew. Yeah, that's good. That that's was great. something he needed. Yes. All right, so Carhoon steals himself against this onslaught as we come down to you, 
Miss <laughs> Flying Bear, what you gonna do? So, are either of the peritoneal pairs within 30 feet? You flew 30 feet directly up. Yes. The other one is 40 feet directly up. Okay. You are, yeah, I would say within your movement speed, which is what? 30. 20. 30? Uh, 25. And you, it was reduced it's by... It's been reduced. Uh, okay. but... Do I get that stuff back at the end of my turn? At the end of your turn. You will. Okay, at the end of this turn. So it is... Yeah, my sorry, my fly is currently 25. But you would be able to get to the one that has been harassing Carhoon, not the one who has been harassing you. Okay. So, uh, Octav- Bear Octavia. <laughs> I, li- mm-hmm. I like referring to her as that. Um, this bear, who is Octavia in bear form, is going to fly over on her Asimar wings to the Periton Null pair that had yeah, been harassing Carhoon. And she is going to, realizing that her bear, uh, you know, paws and claws and jaws had not been as effective against the Periton as she had hoped, she is going to make a bite attack against the Knoll, actually, who had been really harassing Carhoon. Yes, okay, do it. So she rolls a... 18 to hit. 18 is a hit on Noel. Oh, I am so freaking glad. (laughs) So that is seven piercing damage. Piercing damage on the Noel. You take a big chunk out of this Noel's like chest area and it looks very close to being dead, but Ah. not quite there. One more solid hit. We'll do it. Realizing this, uh, Octavia is going to swing one of her big old massive paws at it, at this knoll as well. Oh my gosh, I just crit failed. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I accidentally smacked myself in the nose. Oh, that is unfortunately a miss. So... The, the, paw, uh, the paw claw attack does nothing, and I remain there as having used all my movement speed to get over to this pair. Okay. We come back to the null things. Okay. The null periton buds. So the one <laughs> that you're up, the one who is right up in your grill. Okay. Uh, the one who, who you just attacked who has been harassing Carhoon. Right. It is going to... So the Knoll, sensing that it is not much longer for this world, uh, sort of grabs the the rough of this periton that it's riding and uh, steers it away. So it is going to use its flyby thing and fly well, out of your... I am in melee m- with the Knoll. Melee range. So though the periton may not incur an opportunity to attack, the Knoll probably does. Because I don't know if the Null has that ability. I mean, as far as that goes, I'm sort of counting it as the same thing. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense to me that you would be able to take a swing at one of them, but not the other of them. Well, I mean, I'm just saying specifics. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that is true, but also, like... The periton will be extremely dexterous with getting out of the way, but I don't know. The knoll is a well. Bigger fine. In that top. case, you you make a fair point, but the knoll is just going to take its it is going to take its action to disengage. There we go. The periton flies by, and they fly. They're just going to fly sixty feet horizontally, 
as far away from you as they can get so that they don't so that Noel doesn't get a skull crushed by an angry bear. <laughs> an angry flying bear. Understandable. This has gotta be quite the sight. You've got a bear with angel wings yeah. flying around fighting two gnolls riding elk elk birds. <laughs> and then just this poor <laughs> elf on the ground. <laughs> and this poor elf on the ground who's just shooting arrows as fast as he can. This so is that like is terrifying all... and awesome. <laughs> so that is all it's going to do. Okay. Uh, it's going to get away and steady itself for another volley of arrows next turn with no disadvantage. Right. The other one, however, is poised to take two shots against you. Okay. So the the other one is going to take two take two shots at you. First, I rolled a I rolled a thirteen on the die. So I think that's going to be a hit. I'm going to roll damage to see if you're still a bear. That's only three points of piercing damage. I am still a bear. Man, I have not been rolling great for the damage. The second attack is a ooh natural a fourteen on the die. So I think that's that also, also be hits. A hit. And the damage here is ooh, not bad, not bad. Eight piercing. Are you still a bear? Yes. Oh my gosh, man! Bears are bears are pretty good. Thank you, bears. All right, come back to Carhoon. The one who flew away from you is looking really bad. The one who's attacking you currently is looking okay. All right, so he is going to again um, hoist his long bow and aim it at the knoll that had been harassing him. The one that looks like it's barely clinging on to life for right. a natural 16 modded 22 hit. hit that's a hit all right and that is seven piercing damage he nails it right between the eyes and the noel's lifeless body yes! falls 40 feet to the ground oh my gosh finally yay Woo! one down yikesy one yikesy. okay all righty and it's your turn all right um, Bear Octavia is not doing great. So. <laughs> okay. So what's she going to do? So ha- as a bonus action prior to getting up close to the. Oh, actually, sorry. I should ask. Uh, how far away did that one periton that uh, basically disengaged and fly away? How far is it? Uh, is there a periton? that she can reach within 30 feet. You can reach the one that still has a knoll on its back. Okay. So as a bonus action, she is going to use one of her druid traits to expend a spell slot and get some HP back. Oh. Interesting. Yes. Um, so she is getting 13 HP. Okie dokies. Because she expended a second level spell slot. Alright, so that's a bonus action? Correct. And so All now right. that she's felt invigored, she is going to go towards that Periton Null duo that is still a duo. <laughs> okay. And she is going to bite at the Null. Alright, roll it. 14. 14 is a hit. Yes! Oh! Ray, that is eight piercing damage. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. All right, it's it's taking another good hit. 
You do another thing like that and it could be done for. Well, she is going to slash at it with her claws as well for a... Okie dokie. 17. 17 to hit? Mm-hmm. That is a hit. Yes! And she does... Uh, 14 slashing points. damage. What? That's not even max with my claws, baby. Bears Goodness are gracious, scary. that's insane. Um, yes, you may describe. <laughs> Paint me a word picture. Ah, uh, of the way in which I dismember this knoll. Yes, this knoll who nearly killed you. Yes, so Octavia... At the beginning of her turn, this bear Octavia, this bear floating on incorporeal celestial wings above the ground, realizes that she is hurt. She's hurt so badly. And she she reaches within the depths of her being and feels some of her magical essence like release into the air by which she like gains some like added adrenaline is kind of what I feel. Like just kind of like, you know, like have, like pounding a five-hour energy type of thing, <laughs> just like <"Wah!"> yeah. <laughs> and then she like dive bombs towards this paratonol duo with her jaws just like open. And again, bears are terrifying. Like their jaws are steel traps, and their paws are huge, and they have these giant claws on each one. And she latches onto the shoulder of this knoll and like rips a big chunk out. And as she's holding onto the knoll with her mouth, she just takes one paw and rips its entire stomach cavity open and just lets its all of its organs and bits of flesh and fur just like plummet to the ground in a t- sort of like gory rain. That's hardcore. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> She's not happy with these creatures. The knoll falls down to the ground with a satisfying thud and the paratons without their riders uh, sort of bellow confusedly and begin just flying off in, in either direction with oh no gosh. real direction to it. And we're going to pick up here next episode because we've gone really long. Holy cow. Man, O'Day, I was, I thought I was going to die. Thought I was going to die. Thought I was going to die. Thought Carhoon was going to die. I wasn't sure. You were very close to dying. Both of us were very close to dying multiple times. Oh my gosh. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Getting reviews is a really great way for us to grow and reach more people like you. And so please share us with your friends and tell your RPG group about us or any of your nerdy friends who you think might be interested. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us an email at me, my spouse, and die at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from y'all, and we always try to respond to each message we get. Catch y'all next week.